Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified, and this hour is being brought to you by Team Hockberg. Visit their website at 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. score, score, score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I also asked Stephen Curry what the plan was tonight, and he just turned around and looked at me and said, whoop that trick. That (laughs) is our game plan. My goodness, taking their own catchphrase and putting it back. That is from NBA Today, the Andrews sisters, the new version, Malika and Kendra, getting, getting the opportunity to talk some basketball with each other, which is dope. Man, it's... Like, seeing what, what Malika has done is amazing. I remember she she hung out here in the studio because she was writing for the Tribune. And we were talking, and then I saw her at Wrigley, and then she was gone. But that's what happens with super talented people. So shout out to Malika. She's done a great job of hosting that show. And now her sister is the Golden State Warriors reporter at ESPN. It's a family thing. So, yeah... If you didn't know, well, I was explaining this to some friends of mine last night. I've been on this for a while. Like, I love Memphis and I love the Grizzlies, and I bet them to win the Western Conference. So I'm very much invested, figuratively and literally, because I think I got them at 11 to 1, and I still think they can win this series. But that's a, I'll, I'll talk about that more in depth. If you don't know, at the end of games down there in Memphis, the crowd gets fired up and they start reciting whoop that trick. And if you're like, I I was trying to figure out why do they do that? Well, there's a movie called Hustle and Flow. And if you haven't seen Hustle and Flow, I would recommend seeing it. It was an award winning movie had a, an award-winning soundtrack. I believe 3-6 Mafia got an Oscar for that. And I believe they helped to write Whoop That Trick, too. But, yeah, the movie is based in Memphis. And the, the, the lead character, DJ, he has a song. And that song is... Just so you know, DJ's a pimp. So, yes, the, the song is called Whoop That Trick. Whoop That Trick. Okay, so this is what the Memphis fans are chanting at the end of every game. So after Golden State gave them a bit of a beatdown in game four, Steph was asked what he expected for game five, what the strategy was going to be. And as Kendra said, 
the strategy was whoop that trick. Malika, I also asked Stephen Curry what the plan was tonight, and he just turned around and looked at me and said, whoop that trick. That <laughs> is our game plan. Oh, My goodness, taking their own catchphrase and putting it back. Right. So, you can imagine that the people in Memphis, after... I don't know if there's ever been a more whoop that trick game than what happened last night. They were up, what, 25 at the half? The game was over, over. And you almost never say that. Like, I was sitting there going, you know, Steph and Clay could get hot, but they seem to have no interest in getting hot and making it fun. And, uh... So they they got their asses whooped last night down in Memphis. And so as the game was winding down, the fans in Memphis do this. They get their towels up and they they sing this to opponents. And last night, I give them credit. Draymond and Steph were actually out there kind of vibing with the Memphis crowd. And that's Al Capone screaming to Steph in your face. How great was that? The whole thing is great. And it's part of the reason that I really do love the NBA. Because here you have Steph acknowledging this thing that Memphis does, feeling very confident in Golden State's ability to win this game and saying, yeah, we're going to whoop that trick. Then getting whooped. Then being being adult enough to be like, yeah, y'all got me. Y'all got me, so I'm, I'm going to be out here. I'm going to let all the people in Memphis see me. And Al Capone can be in your face. He gave him the in the face. And shout out to Draymond. Draymond, after the game... Talked about all of this. They're not going to whoop that trick alone. We're going to whoop that trick together if we're going to whoop that trick. You know, one thing I don't respect is, is people who only bring it when they win it. We call those front runners. We got, we got our ass kicked. That's all right. It happens. But you don't be front runner. When you spew it out, you got you to gotta be willing to take it and, and not hide from it, not duck from it, not run from it. Embrace it. So... I appreciated the crowd tonight uh, and the energy that they brought to the game. You know, and if, if they want to whoop that trick, we're going to whoop them together. Whoop that trick, get him, 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 whoop that trick, go, whoop that trick, get him, whoop that trick, whoop that trick. I always wondered as Terrence Howard. I know that he doesn't regret making hustle and flow, but I do wonder if he regrets leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he was roadie and then, and I actually really enjoyed him and Robert Downey Jr. like them playing off of each other in the first Iron Man movie and then he wasn't and he got replaced by Don Cheadle 
Don Cheeto ain't giving that money back. So, yes, if you were like, uh, what's going on in that game? And what what is whoop that trick? Now you know what whoop that trick is all about. And know that I often just randomly, just like I do hawkisms, get on back there. It will. I now also do this because I watch a ton of Memphis games. So that's what happened in that game. Man, the Milwaukee-Boston game last night was incredible. Layla and I were having a discussion, God, it feels like it's probably like a year ago, where we were talking about sports as a vibe. Like sometimes breaking down like the box score and what were the big moments in the game, like that's one thing. It's another thing where we're talking about a vibe. And like in the Memphis Golden State game, like you have that vibe, even though it was a complete blowout because you knew the backstory of it. But what was cool about the Milwaukee-Boston game was how everyone, these are the moments when Twitter is great. When we can all watch something together and we're all like, oh, whoa. And that's what the Milwaukee-Boston game gave us last night. We're all just kind of watching this take place where neither one of these teams wants to give an inch. Neither one of them. Boston understands how big a win that would have been had they been able to come up with it. And even though Milwaukee has won series in a championship after being down in a series, you could tell that they too understood how big a game this was. And you got a big effort. In the group chat last night, I have, a, as you probably do, I have a bunch of different group chats, but I have one with, with Herbie and Tony Gill and Rick Camp. And we were talking about like watching that particular game and looking at each team coming up with these big shots and these big moments inside of it. We all kind of were like, the Bulls are far away. Like they're far away from this level of excellence and execution. That we saw. Shout out to Bret Hart. In this game, the back and forth, Jason Tatum hitting big shots. Jalen Brown hitting big shots. The type of defense that Grant Williams played against Giannis. Now, here's the thing. This is another one of those games where I'm going to give you Giannis's line, and it sounds like no one played defense against him. 41-10. 41, 40, 11, and 3 for Giannis last night. But what's cool about watching Grant Williams play against Giannis defensively is that he's not afraid. And physically, he makes Giannis work. Unfortunately for him in Boston, Giannis working looks like 16 to 27 from the floor. Him hitting two threes. In the game, one of them was super clutch last night. And then the most clutch moment. If you've been listening to this show, you know that I am a Drew Holiday truther. He is one of my favorite players in the NBA, and you saw the whole repertoire yesterday. 
with Drew Holiday. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. But it's the other part of his line that is the most important. One steal, two blocks. And the fact that he was able to come up with a a block, and not just a block, but a block and takeaway on Marcus Smart, and then a steal of Marcus Smart in the last few seconds to protect the lead and to protect the win. Man, you talk about high-level basketball being played. Now, I was in, in the moment of enjoying just what I was seeing, but you do have to kind of go, oh, yeah, it, the, where, are the, where are the Bulls at when it comes to playing? Can they play this level of basketball in the playoffs? What would they need to get to this place? So, yeah, there was some real envy for me that was going on while I was watching it. We are watching, I think it was Ozarski, and maybe he had tweeted this out, where if, if Giannis wins another title, and presumably another t- finals MVP, if they are to win the championship, are we already talking about Giannis as one of the greatest that's ever done it? Like, do we start tracking are we now having the conversation, is Giannis a better player than LeBron? Because in the league right now, it's him. He's the guy. And then you have, you know, Kevin Durant, Jokic, obviously. Embiid. But watching that guy, Giannis is, it's weird because he's not graceful. Yet he is. It doesn't make any sense at all. He's kind of clumsy. He's definitely reckless. But watching him put it together and come up with some of these buckets at the end of games, seeing him in transition, it's like the feet are so spectacular that what happens with the rest of the body doesn't really matter that much. And and other than Williams, no one wants to get in the way of that. Was he seven feet, 260? Coming down full speed? You have to be very brave or very stupid to try and stop Giannis on a break. The way that he bullies the game, like his desire to be great, And seeing Tatum and Brown try desperately to match that, and those two young men are spectacular players. But it just seems like there's so much to overcome. And then you get a performance like Bobby Portis had 14 and 15 last night. He was terrific, and he came up clutch too after not being clutch. He came up clutch. Seeing the way that both of these teams have approached this series and watching these games go back and forth and back and forth and watching last night, man, it was just fun. So fun. 
and it was great to be able to share that with everyone who was on social media last night. It's similar to watching that that Buffalo-Kansas City game. Not the same because obviously there are a lot more people watching the NFL. But it was the same type of, oh my God, did you just see that? That's amazing. Seeing Drew Holiday do something that old school people talk about all the time. If you want to know part of the reason why Bill Russell is so revered, It's not just the championships. It's because he did something that I wish a lot of players today would take a look at and add to their game. It's great to throw a shot two rows into the stands. It's even better if you control the block and get possession for your team and take a possession away from the other team. Russell used to just catch the ball. Now, granted, he was playing against guys that are like my height, but still, he used to just catch it. And then they could start a break going the other way. Bob Cousy doing that thing that he did, the dribbling. We got to get Gary Pomerantz back on the show because I finished his book about Cousy and, and his life pursuit of trying to get Russell like back into his life. But man... What's the old adage? The NBA, it's fantastic. It really was last night. And strangely enough, for me, even the game where it was a a massive blowout was entertaining because you knew coming in that some people were out here talking about whooping tricks, and then they got whooped. In your face. Shout out to Al Capone. Steven Nelson will talk Cubs and probably White Sox with me next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Came into the game as a defensive replacement in left field. First time up at the dish. And he drives one to center field. Hit well. Rodriguez is run out of room. Highlight courtesy of Apple TV Plus, and that sound you heard was our next guest. Friend of the show, friend of the station, friend of Chicago, Stephen Nelson joining me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. You can watch Stephen on the Apple TV Plus broadcast of Cubs Diamondbacks this weekend, and you can check him out on MLB Network every other day of the week. Sir, how are you? Loho, I'm great. It's always a good day when I get to rap with you, brother. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. I'm excited that you are getting these opportunities. I'm, I was kind of wishing that you would get a Chicago game. I was hoping it would be the other team from Chicago. Well, but but yeah. I will take you calling a Cubs game, too. So I, how did this come about that, that you landed with Apple? So actually, Loho, I was set to do the Sox-Rays game a couple weeks back, and then some logistical wires got crossed and we got switched back to Los Angeles at the last minute. I'm hopeful. I'm begging to do a White Sox game. Um, I'm, I'm begging to do it at, at some point in the year. So I, I'm hopeful that's going to happen, uh, but we'll see. As far as uh, the Apple TV Plus thing came about, 
you know, I think um, it's been a fun partnership between the folks at Apple and then our game production crew here at MLB Network. So kind of just thrown together uh, with the Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan, Heidi Watney. We've had uh, this week we'll have Cliffy Floyd, you know, obviously Chicago and Cliffy. Um, so that'll be great. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, we're, we're kind of like we hit the ground running and we're trying to get to know each other and build some chemistry on the fly as we go here during this wild first couple months. What's Hunter Pence like as a broadcaster? Because when you see him, like you'd see him doing studio work, you're like, this dude's crazy. And I mean that in the best possible yeah. way. So what's it like to have him on a game with you? He's human caffeine, Loho. That's And it's what you saw in him as a player, what you perceive of Hunter Pence as a human being. It's accurate, 100%. And it's totally genuine and authentic, too. And that's... Like, honestly, that's kind of the more important thing whenever you meet anybody is just that they're genuine and they're not faking it because of the red lights on them. But um, for for Hunter, he's been an amazing teammate. He is just uh, hungry to learn and get better because he's uh, just kind of starting out his retirement and only has a couple games under his belt in terms of calling a game in a booth. And so he's just kind of diving into the process. The only way Hunter Pence knows how, and that's with his pants and hair and everything on fire and um but he's been a real treat when we we did a game in san francisco a couple weeks ago and of course he's got a uh, just a, a great connection with that city helping the giants win a couple world championships and so he took uh took the broadcast team on a little tour of the city some of his hidden gem spots and um uh, so he, he's a great teammate and just a, and a great human i think um folks are going to learn a lot from him as they tune into the broadcast throughout the year What's important for you as the play-by-play guy on how to make all of this work? Because you've got, with with Katie, I think she's one of the most talented people in our business. She's got a lot of personality. Hunter has a lot of personality. Cliff has a lot of personality, too. But how do you Mm -hmm. try and make all of this work? And kind of what's your responsibility as the the play-by-play person? So I think what folks have to know and understand about our Friday night baseball telecast going into them is that they're different by design. They are not, they are intentionally not looking and sounding like a traditional telecast or even what you may see on some other broadcasts that that will pop up throughout the year on other services, whether it be Peacock or what have you. So, and again, that's, that's intentional. The, the, the feel or the objective that, that um, we've been tasked with is trying to make, the game a little bit more um, accessible to a wider range of fans. And what I mean by that is, so not just the diehard Cubby fans or Diamondback fans in this week's case, but also maybe the folks who just finished binging Severance or Ted Lasso or something. And they're like, Hey, what is this sports ball game that I can watch for free right now? So trying to make it something that they can enjoy as well more of a, like a podcast during a baseball game. And uh, look, I, I also know that that format is not going to be for everybody. I understand that. Um, so my job in, in this current chair, in this specific chair, is to just facilitate. You know, it's to uh, um, be ready for the big moments when they happen. And, you know, we had some fun ones late in the game last week in Seattle with the Mariners and Rays. Uh, but before that, it's just kind of putting Katie Cliff Hunter, whoever I'm sitting next to, in 
a comfortable spot where they can, you know, share stories, tell jokes, provide insights, um, and just have fun. You know, um, whether or not folks like it, you know, we, we know that um, it's such a subjective business. You know that, right, Loho? Like you, you're gonna, people are gonna love you. Some people are gonna be pissed off, and that's okay. So I think for me, it's just creating atmosphere where our crew's having fun, and then I'll let the chips fall where they may. Cubs Diamondbacks Friday night on Apple TV Plus exclusively, but you can watch the game for free. You just if you download the app and you put it up on your TV, yeah. you can just watch that game for free, 8.30 p.m. Before I ask you about the Cubs, I want to talk a little bit about the Diamondbacks. I, w- I want to get a scouting report yeah. on them. They're a lot better than what they've usually been. Why are they better? They're they're pitching the hell out of the baseball, Loho. I mean, this the, you look at their offensive numbers and nothing really jumps out at you. Yeah, Dalton Varsho, pride of Wisconsin, having a great start to the year. Cattell Marte starting to swing it a little bit better. Uh, but he's not where he's typically at uh, offensively. And you're like, how is this happening? It's because they have perhaps the best pitching staff in the game outside the Dodgers. I mean, if you look at starters ERA, they're number two in the game behind L.A., and they've really been able to kind of get the most out of what they got there because they brought Brent Strom over, the pitching coach who's been with the Astros the last handful of years. He joined Tori Lovello's staff, and everybody in Arizona is pointing to him, yep, you got to give credit to Brent. What what he's been able to help Zach Gallen do or uh, Merrill Kelly or even old friend of Chicago, Right, Jack Davies, who's going to get the ball against the Cubbies for the D-backs uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Madison Bumgarner's pitched well. So it, it's really come, coming down to them throwing throwing the ball the right way. And they get on base, they draw walks, they hit some home runs, um, but that's kind of been their recipe. And that, that division out west is, I mean, has been a really – has been a treat. Everyone's been focusing on the top with L.A. and can San Francisco repeat and can San Diego bounce back from the disastrous second half a year ago? Well, in Colorado and Arizona, they're playing ball too. So it's a really fun division uh, to watch every night. Yeah, the National League West, every team in the National League West is above 500. It's been a super competitive mm-hmm. division through about 30 games. The voice that you're hearing is the voice of Steven Nelson. You will hear him and see him call the Cubs Diamondback games on Apple TV Plus. Friday night at 8.30 exclusively on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay, I'm so happy for Cubs fans that this series in San Diego went well because it was starting to look dark over on the north side of Chicago, sir. And and so I'm happy that they played. It wasn't just that they won, but they played well for a big part of that. When you're talking to people about this Cubs team or talking to folks at the Cubs – what are they saying about their squad? Uh, they, I, that they that they needed that they needed that series at Petco uh, in a huge way. I mean, I, I think um, I know some. It's some folks will say it's too early. It's not not even early yet. Some folks are saying, "All right, well, you know, we're getting close to forty games in. Uh, you know, it's not that early anymore." Um, but point is, you don't want things to snowballing you too fast and let things get away from you yeah it's expanded postseason but i honestly in the national league you're, you're counting spots to compete for right because if you look at the rest of the league you're saying okay 
The Dodgers are probably a shoe-in. You feel good that Milwaukee is going to be there. The Mets are probably a shoe-in. And then, okay, Atlanta, St. Louis, San Diego, San Francisco. You're running out of spots in teams that you're playing with. So the Phillies, the Cubs, those teams who went into this year and were saying, hey, we, we do want to compete. And I, I know the Cubs and Phillies had two very different off-seasons. I don't, want to, I don't want to put them in the same boat. But if they still have the same goal – um, you're you're running out of room, and if things get away from you early, then it, it might be tough to, to make up in the National League. So I I think for for Chicago, it's just kind of to build on that and what what happened in San Diego and taking that series against a really good team that everybody thinks highly of, and, may, and maybe that can get the confidence rolling for them. I think just just them understanding <laughs> that um, you know that they they could do that against that quality team. Maybe that can spur them on to some better things here. Yeah, and the way that their schedule sets up, you know, the, there's some opportunities for the Cubs in the middle of May to to maybe yeah. make some things happen. So we shall see. Meanwhile, I, I know that that you're you're doing all sorts of stuff on MLB Network, talking about the White Sox and how the White Sox have stubbed their toe a little bit to start the season. I'm yeah. hopeful that, that their pitching has been terrific. Lucas Giolito's been great. Kopech's been great. They even got a, a really good start out of Dallas Keuchel the last time around. They're facing the Yankees this weekend in a series that I'm I'm hoping to learn some things about the White Sox. Yeah, well, I was scared that we were going to have a whole chat and not talk about the Sox once. No, I wouldn't been, do you like that. No, look, and it's got the Cubs talking for my grandparents and my uncles who all believe Cubby Blue, but now – Let's get into it, Loho. We maybe need some, <laughs> some, some therapy, a therapy session for me. Yeah, you're right. We are going to learn some things because that, that win streak was fun, and it was, and it was a, a, a sight for sore eyes because, gosh, was that struggle bus ride miserable for a minute. But if you are going to be critical of this team, as we are this year, given that they are in the quote-unquote championship window – you would point out that the teams that they beat during that streak, maybe you should be beating them if you're the team that everybody thinks you are. So now you got the Yankees who are back to being a juggernaut in the American League because they made some tweaks in the offseason. They really emphasized improving their team defense. What a concept. And they've also gotten an MVP start to the season from Judge and uh, Garrett Cole survived the first couple of um, clunkers. So yeah, I, I'm very uh, curious to see what kind of baseball we see from the Sox in, in this set against the Yankees. Okay, but, so so how many expletives did you use on Monday night? Oh, I, well, okay, mm, I lost track, and then it got to the point where I was just <laughs> laughing. I, I, you know, so so the reason. And they were muted because, you know, I have a, a nine-month-old now, so I don't want I, – and we're still waiting for the first word. And heaven forbid the first word is a four-letter expletive that he picked up from Dad watching uh, the White Sox kick the ball around the field again. So uh, they're more under – because that's what happened with me and my father, by the way. Really? Uh, it's on video. Yeah. No yeah. way! First, first, yeah. So it's – I don't know if it's – it's less embarrassing and more, I think, a point of pride for Pops at this point that uh, I'm on camera just uh, cursing, cursing sports on television uh, as, as a toddler. But anyway, I'm um, That's trying, excellent. To not, <laughs> trying not to fall in those footsteps with Kai. So, look, it, jo- jokes aside, 
Loho, it's um, I, I know people took exception to some of my thoughts and saying, well, it's a long season, 162. And you know what? That may be true, but these issues aren't new. And they're not even specific to this season. If you go back to last season, really since this core has been together, this has been a theme for it, right? And as we talked about preseason, that was our huge concern because you didn't change the personnel. So what kind of improvements were made by the individual players, by the coaching staff, coaching them up, putting them in the best position to succeed. And we're seeing a lot more of the same. I mean, it's uh, our, our statistician for intentional talk, Mark sales. I was rapping with him about the defensive struggles and he actually put numbers to the conversation. The worst team in the league based on UZR, that's ultimate zone rating worst team in terms of outs above average, the, minus 14 in defensive run saves. That is worse in the American League. And I throw all the different metrics at you because defensive metrics aren't yet a complete science. But they all indicate that this is not a good defensive team. Can you be a championship team without even being an adequate defensive team? I don't think so. What do you think? I, I mean, it's, that's a massive red flag that has been waving in everybody's faces for a long time now. Yeah, and and maybe at first I kind of thought with the White Sox, like if if we put our optimism caps on, my first thought was, well, they'll 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 slug their way, they'll figure it out, and they'll slug their way past some of these problems. Now I am a little bit more excited about the possibility that they might be able to pitch their way out of this. Yeah. How good has Kopech been? Oh, I mean he. Everybody's hopes, I think he's hit them, if not exceeded them. Uh, and, and Dylan Cease, look, he was uh, one of my picks for Cy Young before the year, and I know I'm not uh, unique in, in saying that, uh, but he's lived up to expectations this year. So I think those are huge, huge things to be excited about and, and happy about. And, yeah, you're right. Like I, as, as down as I am on the defense, that's as high as I am on what we've seen from the starting staff. Hey, look. Vince Velasquez, uh, he was put in a position to fail from the perspective of the fan base, right? Because we are all kind of still scratching our heads why Los wasn't given a qualifying offer or there wasn't a better attempt to bring him back. And so it's now you're, in the again, in the eyes of a fan, you're replacing Carlos Rodon with Vince Velasquez. Like, what is this? Well, you know what? Given given what he's been able to do, you got to tip your cap to Vince. so, so, I, so I, I'm very happy with the starting pitching so far, and I with you. I, I do think that the offense, you know, once once you get everybody back and rolling, which has been such a rarity the last few years for this club, um, I, I you still believe in that lineup as well. Yeah, and and I I kind of like the idea of angry Tim Anderson, like like focused oh, and and understands like okay, I may have cost my team by what I'm doing defensively. His offensive yeah. approach is the approach I want everyone to take. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm going to take these pitches and and drop them in the right field or hit them over the right field wall." But I like the idea of challenge accepted Tim Anderson. Uh, definitely. I mean, he's look, he's he's the motor. The team's going to go as TA goes. And I think everybody knows that. I think Tim knows that. And when when we when we uh, rail on the defense or point out stats, we're not trying to beat a dead horse. Nobody knows that they're struggling to make clean plays more than the players. I get that. I'm not trying to to crush him. And I know Tim 
he, being one of the leaders of the team, face of the franchise, he's got that at the forefront of his mind as well. And it all comes back to that cliche in any sport. If you're not doing X to help the team win, well, then make sure you're doing Y and Z. Or what are you going to bring to the table? And for TA, that's going to be swing a bat at the top of the lineup and set the table to come home and score some runs. I wish you a lot of good luck, but you don't need it because you've got talent. Um, this week, call in the game and continued success with Apple TV+. Plus. I appreciate that you're out there, and I know that you're, you're, you're trying to, to change the game, and I want you to keep doing that, and I am looking forward to you calling Cubs Diamondbacks on Apple TV Plus on Friday night. Steven Nelson, you are always a delight. I love when you visit the show. Have fun this weekend, and we'll talk soon. Loho, you're a great friend. I appreciate your support, but I also, if I suck, I need you to text me that as well. All right. Okay? All right, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. I got you. That's a good Thanks, brother. That right there is Steven Nelson of MLB Network and Apple TV+. Plus. He's great. If you didn't pick up, he's a White Sox fan. Like, he's crazier about the White Sox than I am. Like I told White Sox fans, you got two friends in MLB Network. Steven is out there every day with intentional talk, and Sierra is out there every night with quick pitch. You got two, two people that are repping it hard. So I need the White Sox to catch the Twins. Stupid, stupid Twins. Can't stand the Twins. I really hate that they're having success. It really bothers me. That the weird-ass Twins are out here having success. And I want to learn something about the White Sox. I want to see them take on the challenge that is the Yankees this weekend, and by the way, next weekend, and do well against them. We're going to take a break. I promised you a treat, right? I will give you your treat in our final segment next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. By the way, when I'm done, Parkins and Spiegel are celebrating the 24th annual toast to Harry Carey from the restaurant at Navy Pier. So they're going to... Looking at their guest list, they've got a lot of really great guests for you, so make sure that you keep it here. Thursdays is now the day. Ray and I have decided that I am going to cede my time in the final segment of the show. And Well, today I'm going to cede my time to Stone Cold Steve Austin. After last night, I sat there and I thought about it and I said, Stone Cold, there's no use in sitting here crying, whining, Moaning. So I asked myself, I said, Stone Cold, do you want Y2J or do you want Booker T? So while I was trying to make that decision, I drove over to the Sonic drive-in, ordered a jalapeno burger, a chicken fried steak sandwich, a chili cheese dog with extra onions, french fries, Tater tots, washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a Bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? What? Booker T, 
You show up tonight with Vince McMahon and you got your security guards. You got your guard dogs. You got your pepper spray. So you can sit up there in your stupid little skybox and you can watch Stone Cold Steve Austin kick the crap out of Y2J in a steel cage. Y2J, you said, you're calling Stone Cold Steve Austin a little trooper? Tonight, Stone Cold Steve Austin ain't gonna be no little trooper. And since we're right here in Anaheim, California, Hollywood is right down the road. So tonight, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin is gonna make you a star. No, he's gonna make you a superstar. No, just like you said, he's gonna make you a super duper star. Because you're gonna get the starring role in the movie I'm directing, and the name of that movie is, my name is Chris Jericho, and I'm getting my ass whipped in a steel cage. And when it's all said and done, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to take his undisputed championships and walk out of this ring, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're not ready for the rest of your day after that, I, I question whether or not you're alive. What? 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 Parkins and Spiegel have a Cracker Jack show waiting for you. They are at Harry Carey's at Navy Pier. They are celebrating the toast to Harry Carey. Their show is coming up next. Tomorrow, I've got Jason Benetti on my show. What? what? Yeah, he's going to be here. And we're going to, yes, we're going to talk White Sox what? and some more White Sox and then some more White Sox and some Yankees. And we'll do all that starting at noon tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, Parkinson Spiegel. Yes, have a great rest of your day. Parkinson Spiegel are next here on The Score. Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both?